Psalm 3, the third psalm. I'm going to look at that uh, just for our devotional tonight. And I'm going to try to be a little bit more um, mindful of the time. I only have two pages of notes. That doesn't mean anything, but at least I tried. Okay. Psalm 3. So this year I'm just kind of working my way through some psalms just to give us something to think about as we enter into a prayer, uh, to a time of prayer. And, you know, psalms are, are prayers. Psalms are songs. They were sung, but they're also prayers. They express um, our need for God. They express praise. They express thanksgiving. They express sorrow. Uh, they express a, a need for help. Um, and so this is, a, we've already encountered Psalm 1, which is a song of, a wisdom song, a prayer basically for the Lord's blessing to keep us on the straight and narrow path. Uh, psalm 2 is a coronation psalm, a psalm of praise, celebrating uh, God's Messiah. And then the third psalm is going to be a psalm of lament. I'm just going to read it for us. It's a short one, only eight verses. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. O oh Lord, how many are my foes, how many are, my, are, many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O oh Lord, save me, O oh my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek, you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord, your blessing be upon your people. Psalm 3, this is one of the psalms, if you notice there, right before, that, the, before verse 1, there is in sort of the all caps text, right, those sort of small all caps text, call that a superscription, just means to write above or to write ahead. And that's sort of an introductory note. Sometimes it's musical direction. Sometimes it's a note about who wrote the psalm. Sometimes it's about historical context. And that's what we have in Psalm 3 is the historical context. Uh, David wrote this psalm when he fled from Absalom, his son. Now, I'm not going to go into the full background, but I would encourage you, if you want to read more about what's happening here, you want to go to 2 Samuel 13 through 18. Essentially what's happening is Absalom, one of David's sons, has rebelled against him, against his rule. He was uh, upset with David because David did not handle a problem in the house, in the home. Uh, one of David's uh, sons, his older son, had uh, violated one of his half-sisters. And Absalom, who was the full brother of the, of the daughter that was violated, uh, took matters into his own hands because David didn't do anything about it. And so when he did, he had to flee the city. And eventually he comes back but has to live under house arrest. But Absalom curries favor with the citizens of Jerusalem, so much so that they come to his side, to his defense, and David has to flee from the city, and he's, he's on the run. Absalom is pursuing him, and he's on the run. And so this is a very trying time for David, and so we can hear the lament, right? We can hear uh, just the, the crisis that he's facing. But Psalm 3, uh, just kind of to work through the psalm, uh, we see that in this psalm, David is communicating his anguish, right? His, his emotions are very raw. This is one of those, and this is sometimes a very good idea for us, that when we are, when we are severely depressed, when we are anxious, right? When we are confused, when we're processing uh, emotions that are very raw and, and there's a lot of confusion, how do I articulate my emotions in a biblical manner, going to the Psalms is a great way to do that, right? Because this is God's inspired word. So when we're facing a situation like David, we can go to a Psalm like Psalm number three and biblically be able to confess and to express uh, those emotions from, uh, to the Lord 
in a proper way. In this psalm, we see sort of three emphases or three, three themes, three movements maybe through the psalm. The first two verses we see here, David's, David's opposition, right? He is expressing his anxieties. He is expressing his fears, his concerns to the Lord. And the, the source of his anxiety, the source of his fear is opposition. And for David, that would have been Absalom, his son, who's rebelling against him, pursuing him, looking to take his life, and all those who are with Absalom. Okay? Many members of David's kingdom, many of the citizens of Jerusalem, uh, had turned against David and had given their support to Absalom. And so David is, is express, expressing a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, right? a lot of worry over what's happening. He's surrounded by foes. The foes seem numerous and insurmountable. They're, they're making accusations against him. You have no salvation in God. In other words, you are despised by the Lord. The Lord has turned his back upon you, right? The reason why you're enduring this is because God's hand has come against you. And so David's really causing David to be uh, experience this tumult in his, in his uh, life, in his body. Now, for us, you know, we can think about, just again, the application of this. You know, how, when we express this, we might, we might have people in our lives who are opposing us, Right? Oftentimes, when we come to Wednesday night prayer and we express our prayer requests, sometimes the motivation, sometimes the source of the things we want to pray about are because there are people who oppose us, right? There are people who oppose you because of your faith in Christ. There are people who oppose you because they don't like decisions that you make. There are people who oppose you because they refuse to submit to your authority, okay? So there, we, we do have opponents from time to time. Maybe not right now in this season, but there, there may be moments in your life and periods in your life where you have people who are against you. You have people who are opposed, you, opposed to you. There are people who mock you or maybe even make accusations. And the Bible reminds us, the New Testament reminds us that we are going to have enemies. We are going to face persecution and suffering in this life. That there, will people be, there will be people who oppose us and who come against us. And they can deflate us. They can sap our hope. They can weaken our faith. And so here David is just expressing his circumstances. He is confessing the things that are troubling him. The opponents are overwhelming him. They're making these accusations. And maybe he's even doubting. He's wondering, is this even true? Is the Lord truly against me? But notice that in verses 3 through 6, he turns to the Lord. And he reminds himself of the truth about the Lord. And he is really comforted by the truth that God has spoken to him in his word. Notice in verses 3 and 4 that he speaks of the Lord's ministry to him. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. So the Lord is a shield to David. He's a shield, something that protects, right? In ancient times, the shield was what protected you from the, from the offensive weapons of your enemy. With a dart or with a sword, they would come to, to strike you or pierce you. You would put up the shield as a defensive posture, right? It's a defensive weapon to keep you safe. The Lord is one who keeps his people safe. Now, for David, this referred to physical safety. David was confident that, that the Lord would allow him to be physically protected, that his life would not be taken. For us, we don't have the same guarantee, right? We don't have the guarantee that God will protect us physically in this life. But we do have the assurance of eternal security, right? That nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. That not even death itself, 
All the things of this world would assault at us, even our opponents, even our enemies, right? Think about how many Christians in the age of the New Testament, the first century, were experiencing hot and fiery persecution. And yet, even though those opponents may have taken their bodies, they were safe in Christ. The Lord keeps us safe as His people. The Lord is our glory. He is the one who who shines His countenance upon us so that we reflect His glory. That we are reflections of who He is because He lives and abides in us and with us. He is the lifter of our heads. That that lifting up the head is an important uh, posture. It can communicate something. To to have your head hang, right? Even today, when you see somebody's hanging their head, you know, what's wrong? It's an expression of sorrow. It's an expression of, of sadness. So to lift the head is to lift one up out of that sorrow. To lift one up out of that sadness. To bring joy and comfort and peace. The Lord is the one who lifts our head. He is the one who gives us joy. He is the one who ministers His peace to us. And even more, in verse 4, we see that the Lord hears our cries and answers us in our time of need. David is crying out to the Lord, believing that the Lord will meet his need and he will answer him in this time. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He ministers his grace to his people. And we see the expression of that comfort in verses 5 and 6. Notice that one expression of that is sleep, right? What a very practical way the Lord ministers comfort and grace to his people through sleep. In other words, when we lay down to sleep, what typically happens, right? When you're, when you're trying to go to sleep, you're not doing anything else, right? Because you can't be actively doing something else and sleeping. So you are quiet, you are still. And how many times have we gone to bed at night with nothing able to, not able to do anything else, and our mind wanders, right? And we're thinking about all of the worries and all of the concerns and all of the anxieties and how that will actually keep us awake, right? How many times have we not been able to sleep because of the anxieties and the concerns of life? Well, one way the Lord ministers His grace to His people is to give us sleep. When we lie down to sleep, we are to be reminded that God is sovereign. We're to be reminded of his power, his authority over all of our enemies, all the opposition against us. We're reminded of his purposes, what he has promised to do for us, what he intends to do for us and in us. We're reminded of his grace. God gives us his peace, and we rest in him. And that physical rest that we experience in sleep is really a practical way of expressing our trust in in Christ. That when we're able to sleep, We're submitting ourselves to the authority of God to say, I can't do anything about this, and so I'm trusting you. And I will lie down, and I'll be quiet, and I'll be still, and I will sleep, understanding that you are a sovereign God who has everything else in control, under control. And so it's by that physical rest, the sleep, that the Lord is able to sustain us. We're going to pray tonight for Wade. We're talking to Wade this afternoon on the phone. He's still struggling with some illness, but he was mentioning to me that one of the things that's really causing, I think, his uh, continued persistence in the illness that he can't sleep he's got a cough that's keeping him, him, him awake and we think about the importance of physical rest and what physical rest does for our bodies it allows our bodies to to be replenished and to be strengthened and be restored and i think something similar is happening here that by that physical rest the lord is sustaining his people in verse six we see that god gives us his peace and his assurance right because the lord's because of the lord's comfort for david he did not fear his opponents, right? We see the expression of his fear in verses 1 and 2, but by the time he gets to verse 6, everything's in God's hands. He has entrusted himself to the Lord. His fate is in the Lord's hands. He is going to 
trust the Lord with his life, and leave the results to him. And the same, I think, is true for us. We can rest in our understanding of who God is. We can rest in our understanding of God's purposes for us. And we can be confident that we are safe in him and that he will deal with those who are against us. In fact, verses 7 and 8 kind of carry on that thought of, of confidence in the Lord. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. And so in verse 7, he once again issues that call, that cry for help. Lord, arise. Come to my defense. Lord, save me. Come and help me in this crisis. And so when we are too troubled, where should we turn, right? How many of us turn to other things to solve those anxieties in our lives? And what would the Lord have us to do? The Lord would have us to turn to him first. Now, he may use means. There are things that we may need to do. But our trust is not in those things. Our trust is in the Lord. We turn to the Lord for help in times of trouble. And we are reminded of his promises for us. That the Lord will save us. Salvation belongs to the Lord. We're reminded of his truth. Right? We're to walk in the truth. We're to be reminded of the truth. How am I to live in the midst of this situation? How do I live in a way that honors God? David here is reminding himself of the truth. Salvation belongs to the Lord. God will bless his people. So what a great psalm, right? Week to week, we've all experienced different things. What from, you know, from Sunday to now, I don't know what these last few days have been for you. You may have been riding on cloud nine on Sunday, and by the time you came tonight, you've been wrestling with all kinds of anxieties and worries and fears, confused about different things, or maybe just the opposite. Maybe you're okay tonight, right? But we can be sure that trouble's coming at some point. Where do we turn? We turn to the scripture. We turn to a psalm like Psalm 3 to help us articulate our trust in the Lord, our confidence in him. That the Lord knows where we are. He knows where we live. He knows what we're going through. And that he will bring his sovereignty and his power and his authority and his wisdom and his grace to bear upon our lives so that we are strengthened and able to walk and endure those difficulties. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. I'm going to give you guys a moment just to maybe pray quietly. Perhaps there's some things going on in your life right now, and this is of particular application to you, so perhaps you want to uh, to rest in this and maybe to pray through this passage, but maybe if you're everything's okay, maybe pray for somebody else you know who's going through a difficult time. But let's just pray to the Lord and just confess our anxieties, our fears, our worries, our troubles to him.